to greet you in the name of Jesus. Welcome you to this part of the service. Uh, what I want to talk about this morning is something we're all familiar with. We talk about it all. It's, our, it's a fundamental part of our Christian life. The title is simply sanctification. We're looking at the doctrine of sanctification and uh, I think we all know what sanctification is, what it means, but I think it's good for us at times to look at it again and to understand how important that is in our lives. Even in our Sunday school lesson in adult this morning, notice the word to sanctify was in there a number of times. It's part of the of the life of these people here was part of their experience. They needed to sanctify themselves, and that's what they did. They sanctified themselves. First uh, <clears throat> verse I want to look at, basically, we're looking at lots of verses this morning, but 2 Timothy 2, verse 21 says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Look at the words to sanctify or sanctification. It's closely related to the word regeneration. It's also a doctrine that it's really closely tied to this, but it would be a separate message probably. But to be sanctified is, or the definition is to be set, setting aside or setting apart or to consecrate to some special work, cause, or purpose. We know that God sets his people apart for a holy purpose, for purity, holiness, and consecration. We look at these people here when in the Sunday school lesson. They were preparing to, or when they were, when this revival was taking place, they had to sanctify themselves. They set themselves apart. They purified themselves. And we know that was different in the Old Testament to our time in the way that some of this took place. We know that in certain certain times or situations in the Old Testament when someone would take on the Nazarite vow, this was a literal way of sanctifying themselves. They um, consecrated themselves to a special service to the Lord, and that involved different things externally. Some more definitions of sanctification. One is it's a preparation. In Joshua 3, verse 5, Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So sanctification is a preparation that the Lord will do something for us. It is to hallow. In uh, 
Also Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 3. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them, that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. <clears throat> so the Lord will be hallowed among his people. will be sanctified in them, he says. Ezekiel 36, verse 23. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Again, to be hallowed, be shown holy among the people. That's what sanctification work will do in our hearts. Also, First Peter 3, verse 15, first part says, But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts. It's also, in a sense, hallowing God in our hearts to, to sanctify ourselves. It's also setting apart, like I mentioned earlier, but Genesis 2, verse 3, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. God sanctified the seventh day, or he set it apart, pronounced a special blessing on it. It's also, some more definitions of sanctification is to make, uh, or to cleanse, or to make holy. In First uh, Thessalonians five verse twenty three, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the, says the very God of peace sanctify you holy, or to gives a thought of making clean, to be holy clean. And uh, in order to be set apart for a service of God, we must be cleansed by the blood of Christ. Like <clears throat> Dale mentioned in the Sunday school, there, in order for a revival or to take place, or for sanctification to take place, we must. Get rid of any filth that is there, anything that is unclean. To be holy without, for without holiness no man shall see the Lord, as it says in Hebrews 12, verse 14, the last part there. It's important that we understand in order for sanctification to take place, it will take a restoration or a cleansing, first of all. <clears throat> now, we know that sanctification, um, we think of sanctifying ourselves, being sanctified. We know that 
mankind could never sanctify himself. You know, we could work at that for a hundred years and never sanctify ourselves. It is the work of God. However, God will never sanctify anyone who is not in cooperation with this work. God will not force that on anyone. He will not, he cannot sanctify a person who would resist that. It takes both sides. God does sanctify those who meet his conditions. And uh, we'll look at some of uh, the both sides here, but first of all, the agents of sanctification. We know the first one is God the Father. In First uh, Thessalonians 5, verse 23, says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And uh, also Jude 1, verse 1, says, To them that are sanctified by God the Father. So we know God the Father is the one that sanctifies, also God the Son. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12, chapter 13 verse 12 wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate there was in the Old Testament sanctification required sacrifice usually spilled blood probably always but for us the only way we in our um, New Testament time can experience sanctification is through the blood of Jesus, the blood that Jesus sacrificed, shed for us. For Jesus, also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Also Hebrews 10, verse 10, by the which we will be sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That sacrifice that Jesus gave of his own life, his own blood, one sacrifice was enough, sufficient for the sanctification of all mankind ever since then. There's no such thing as not enough people being ready or able to make sacrifices as there was in our uh, Sunday school lesson there, they had to scramble to get more people to make these sacrifices. But Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient for the sanctification of all who want to um, take that, allow that work in their lives. And also then, God the Holy Ghost. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses, verse 13, last part. Also, 1 Peter 1, verse 2, elect <clears throat> according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit and to obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, 
Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. I'm not sure exactly how the Holy Spirit works in uh, helping with the sanctification, sanctification of the Spirit. We know He helps us in our obedience and understanding the work that Jesus did and uh, then also helps us in the fourth part fourth agent of our sanctification is the word of God and I think the Holy Spirit helps us to understand the word and to see how the word um, relates to us John 17 verse 17 says sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth and then also John 6, verse 63, the last part. Is the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So these four aspects of God all work together to bring about our sanctification. Now let's look at man's part. <clears throat> Number one, we need to have faith. Faith is a vital part of our sanctification. We must take his promises by faith, and he will then sanctify us. He will become our sanctifier. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. And also, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, verse 6. You know, our, <clears throat> our sanctification would be uh, first of all, we couldn't come to sanctification if we didn't have faith. But I think as our faith wavers, so too our sanctification will suffer. The second one is knowledge. As we accept God's word, and by accepting it, we mean by um, believing it and obeying it, we are sanctified through the washing of water by the word. The knowledge of God's word makes us aware of our sin. It's only as we are aware of our sin that we can do something about it, rid it from our lives, and become sanctified. <clears throat> knowledge of God's provision for our sanctification enables us to apply it. You know, we, we use our knowledge, the knowledge God gives us, that knowledge that we understand the provisions that are there for us, that we can have sanctification. We need to increase our knowledge, studying the word, seeing how Christ's sacrifice for us is complete. That knowledge is vital. We also, third one, our part is obedience, as was mentioned before. Maybe turn there with me. Romans chapter 6, 
verses 19 to 23. Just read these verses. <clears throat> Romans 6, verse 19. I speak after the men, sorry, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, and to iniquity, even now yield your members' servants to righteousness and to holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in, the, in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. <clears throat> As we became aware of our sin initially, when we became Christians, we acted on that. We became obedient to Christ to do away with the sin in our lives. And that wasn't just a one-time thing. That's a continual experience for us is to be obedient as we see things in our life where sin is maybe touching us, creeping in to do away with those things. That brings us to the fourth one, which is separation. Second Corinthians 6, verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We are living in this world where sin is continually reaching out. Where we are um, surrounded by it, Satan's temptations to us. And it's a continual work on our part to separate ourselves from that. And then number five, on our part is following. And as with all spiritual blessings of God, the promise that we have is to seek and ye shall find. As we continually follow, the Lord continually seek to, to sanctify ourselves, we will be able to enjoy that. Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, follow after peace with all men and the sanctification without which no man shall see the Lord. <clears throat> we King James Version says, follow after peace with all men and the holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. But the holiness and sanctification here mean the same thing. We need to follow after this holiness. It's not something that will just ride along with us. We one time become holy and sanctified and then that we can go about our, our lives, but we will need to follow after, continually seek this holiness, this sanctification. Now, the next point here, when does a Christian become sanctified? I've been alluding to this, touching this. I think it's at the time of conversion. You know, there are thoughts around that some people 
talk or believe that a person becomes saved but not sanctified immediately, but I don't think that's true. I think immediate when we become converted, we can become sanctified at conversion. First Corinthians 6 verse 11 says, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, and ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hebrews 10 verse 14, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. A person becomes sanctified at conversion because the provisions are there immediately. Does that mean that we become perfect immediately? Well, in a sense, we can become perfect there, but does that mean that we'll never fall, that we never need to do some more work to maintain that sanctification? No, of course not. We are all still in the flesh and face Satan's continued attacks. We can look at the apostles, you know, different ones, Paul and Barnabas, since they were filled with the Holy Ghost, we would consider them to be sanctified people, but did they make mistakes? We know that there are things that are listed where they failed at times. Same with uh, Peter, some of the others. They all, I believe, were sanctified when they walked with Christ, but that doesn't mean that they did that perfectly all the time. And same way for us, we also, even though we had a conversion experience and we were perfect, when we look back on our lives, we didn't continue on perfectly. We continually need to work on that. I'll just read a direct quote here from Doctrines of the Bible where I got most of this anyway. It says, <clears throat> we conclude therefore that at conversion one is saved, justified, sanctified, regenerated, and that so far as salvation is concerned, the work is instantaneous and complete. But there is, however, a subsequent growth in grace that is as natural and as inevitable as the physical growth of the natural child. There are subsequent infillings of the Spirit which mean added joys, greater spiritual attainments, and loftier heights in power, zeal, and service. It's often brought out, and it's talked about that here too, but in the same way that a child, you know, a small child, they are perfect in their state. A small child can do whatever usually their development, we see things that they can do. They begin to walk, and then later they begin to talk, and their strength grows. At one point, they can probably pick up a bucket of water, a small bucket, but they could not do what we would expect them to be able to do later in life. If, if that development is halted at that's any point in time, then we know that is something wrong. The same way for us, you know, we 
initially are perfect, probably in our, or yes, consider God considers us perfect when we experience conversion. But if we look back later in our lives, a number of years later, we probably all of us cringe probably at the, some of the things that we allowed or did. And uh, that just shows us that we have, have also grown. We need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, as it says in Peter, 2 Peter 3, verse 18. We are expected to increase and abound, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In the same way that a child is expected to continually develop, so too we must continually grow and develop. This calls for introspection on our part. Are we stronger? Are we growing in knowledge, in understanding? Are we growing in endurance, in spirituality, in the Christian graces, and in our service? I think if we're honest, we would all be able to say that we have grown, but we probably have some more growing to do all the time. And uh, maybe we sometimes are a little embarrassed with where we could be when we look honestly at ourselves and where we are. So we look back to when we were young in the faith. We should be able to see some growth, and I'm sure we all do. Um, Proverbs 4 verse 18 speaks about this. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. This is progressive sanctification. Full sanctification will come when the Lord returns and we are released from this mortal life. You know, right now in our lives, we have the Holy Spirit working in our lives, but we are in this flesh, in this physical world, this world of sin. And we have that continual um, bombardment, entanglements of this world that reach out. And uh, it's almost like walking through, oh, well, it's maybe not a very good illustration, but if you walk through the bush, it's dusk, and you get these spider webs, and you continually need to brush these things off, and that makes it sound like we accidentally um, brush against sin. We know that's usually more of a conscious entanglement we face. But progressive sanctification requires us to continually remove those things that are attaching themselves or that are That are touching our lives, and we, if we want true sanctification. It requires a continually ongoing cleansing, sanctification. All right, the results of sanctification. It's <clears throat> also a few results. One is union, separation from sin, and union with God Himself. Hebrews two verse eleven. 
For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. That's, that's an amazing thought, isn't it, when we think that as we are careful to be sanctified, that God is not ashamed to identify with us. He is not ashamed to call us brethren. Also, the next one is perfection, Hebrews 10, verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected everyone, sorry, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. <clears throat> and uh, since he has perfected us forever, and like we looked at, it's not just a one-time thing that we are perf perfect forever, but we can be perfect forever if we continually do our part in this sanctification process. Matthew 5, verse 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Through the cleansing blood of Christ, we imperfect people can be counted perfect with God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorifieth, let him glory in the Lord. <clears throat> the next one blessing that we have through sanctification is eternal inheritance. <clears throat> Acts 20, verse 32 says, and Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among the, all them which are sanctified. Holiness or sanctification is a prerequisite for seeing the Lord. We have this promise that that we can be part of this eternal inheritance if we maintain this holiness in our lives. And in Revelation 21, verse 7, speaks here of, of the overcomers. Since he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So as we continually strive to overcome, to overcome our carnal wills, overcome the world, we have the promise that, that we can be with him, with Christ, inherit those things, all those things, it says. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And the last one, prepared for service. Once again, look at the verse that we started out with, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. 
If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, or which you could say that is, is sufficient for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Consecration requires us to surrender all to God. <clears throat> Sanctified Christians will be able to be used of God to do great things for him. As we are fully consecrated, fully sanctified, God will be able to do things that go beyond your talent or natural ability, but God will use those kind of people for great things. May we continue to grow in grace and sanctification. Remember, it's required of us. God has provided all the things that we need to be sanctified. Let's continue to do our part. First Thessalonians 5 verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's kneel for prayer. Our Father, then we come before you at the close of the service. Thank you that you have given us your word. Thank you for Jesus' sacrifice for us. That we can as fallen human beings still somehow be counted perfect for you, sanctified as we obedient to you, as we apply the blood of Jesus, as we continually look at our lives and seek to follow you. We're so thankful that you have given these great blessings to us. Just pray that you would help us to walk worthy of this, to ever also do our part as leaders to help those around us to also walk in your path. Also pray for those that do not know you, those that are suffering, especially in these times of unrest, all those suffering would that have opportunity to also experience your salvation. Just pray now that you would go with us through the day. You need to keep us safe in Jesus' name.